Welcome to Crazy Simple. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And we're two therapists in Texas. Life is complicated. We're here to try to make it a bit more simple because sometimes the solution to our problems is crazy simple. So relax, have a laugh, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Crazy Simple. Uh, I'm Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And Mark Cuban wants to open a casino. Yes, he and other individuals would love to bring gambling. Uh, well, I should say more specifically, more casino kind of gambling to Texas, because obviously we already have the Texas lottery that's here. Uh. So what do you want to like, like just straight out? I'm going to get yes or no. I'm going to put you in the hot seat, Lori. Yes or no. Okay. Is gambling okay? Is it morally apprehensible? Oh, that's like I, defining I it more is gambling a sin. I can't wait for you to answer this because, because I don't think you know about this like dark side of my life. <laughs> the... It, if you go by Judeo-Christian values, gambling is a sin. Now, if you do it as a game and as a fun thing and you don't really care about the money or not, it's really just, it's something silly, then no, go have you're, fun on it. I mean, it can be a great fundraiser. You buy a ticket to try to win a car. You don't think you're actually going to win the car, but you know that you helped raise money for a charity. So I, I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Lori Vaughn, anti-Monopoly. <laughs> Will not play Monopoly with you or anyone you're related to. <laughs> Don't even ask. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, this is a real issue. Um, it's a serious issue. Uh, you know, I, I think when we talk about addiction, um, I think, you know, things like like sex addiction and gambling addiction kind of get a lot of people sort of laugh at them and they say that that's not a thing. That's not real. It's not, you know, they're not like compulsions. Right. Um, you know, uh, but they are real. They are real. In fact, something like 80% of adults engage in gambling every year. Um, I think according to debt.org, the average debt generated by a man addicted to gambling is between 55 and $90,000 women much better at gambling. Uh, only only generate about $15,000 worth of debt. Um, in some extreme cases, problem gambling can result in serious legal problems or financial ruin. More than 20% of compulsive gamblers end up filing for bankruptcy because of gambling losses. So that is tough, tough to hear. So I think gambling is a real problem. I think it is something that we probably don't talk about enough. Um, you know, it's, it's probably one of those things that kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit because it, it's sort of, I think, kind of like, uh, I think very similar to alcohol or, or sex addiction. It's like, you know, it, it's a legal activity in most places, you know, like unless you're a Mormon in Salt Lake city, you know, you can drink alcohol as, as much as you want. You know, you can, you can go and, and get a keg of beer or a handle of vodka and you can go home to your house. And you can sit there and drink as much of that as you want, right? As long as you're not caring for like a child or something, that would not be a good yep. idea. 
But, you know, you could do that, right? Now, you can't go do other activities, you know, while you're doing it, but but you can do that. That's legal, you know, and it's legal in a lot of places uh, like Indian casinos or Las Vegas or Atlantic City or uh, many states have legalized online forms of gambling as well. Uh, or you can go to the racetrack. Like in Texas, you can go to the racetrack and you can gamble every track in the United States from there. Um, actually, even um, globally. Uh, so, so, you know, it's legal. So how is it bad if it's legal? It's, I mean, everything in moderation, it's just like drinking alcohol isn't bad. I mean, there's even some possible medicinal benefits for drinking red wine. Uh, but it's, yeah, with everything, there is a balance to be had, even with food. I mean, if you eat too much food, you have problems, too much alcohol, you have problems. Too much gambling, you're going to have problems. And actually, the so early on in my career, I worked at the Texas Gambling Hotline. And that those were individuals calling up either their family members or the person gambling themselves and the consequences of going too far. And bankruptcy, most definitely. Someone that lost a house. Marriages that were lost because of gambling. I mean, some huge numbers of losses Mm -hmm. that I was Mm -hmm. told about and people that were actively suicidal because they realized they have lost it all. And you see that in other addictions too. And with the, the alcohol gambling is a very interesting connection because one, obviously at casinos, they want to give you a lot of alcohol because you're going to lose track of how much you're spending. And there's a whole psychology to casinos. And if you're Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. aware of that, yeah, that can be a whole other conversation of there's no windows, there's no clocks. How things are done is very intentional Mm -hmm. in a casino. But the the alcohol part, and this is something that a colleague of mine said during that time period, he said, it's the same monster, different clothes. And oftentimes you'd have one that gets sober from one behavior, whether that's the alcohol or the gambling, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they go to the other. And that goes to my thought of you always have to get into the root system period of, well, what's driving either behavior. Yeah. No, I agree there. What, uh, what, what about gambling makes it an addiction? Do you think? There's the psychological aspect in the sense of that you just you start to obsess about it mm-hmm. and it becomes compulsive in that. But you also and this is where Facebook sort of took a page out of the slot machines. It's the dopamine release you get from it. One mm-hmm. of the absolute mm-hmm. worst things that can happen is the first time you gamble, the first time you go into a casino is you hit that you pull that lever, push the button, do the toss of the dice, whatever, and you win because it gets you this endorphin rush. This like, wow, this is so exciting. And then you continue to chase it. And that's why casinos are rich and people in the casinos are not is because the vast majority of people give back their earnings because they keep chasing that high that they first got. Yeah, absolutely. Keep chasing that high, just like any other uh, any other addiction. Um, it has that dopamine impact in the brain, and it creates a very very real rush. 
of uh, excitement and and you think you won once you can win again and you come back and back and back or you think you can beat the machine or beat the odds uh you know americans we love an underdog story um and of course you hear all the stories about people who won the lotto or you know you know won it big and then you never really hear what happens after that um but yeah, so uh, so my friend is struggling with gambling addiction. How do I know that he is, and then what do I do? Well, and this is actually a really good question that it, one to understand that gambling in college has absolutely increased. We have even teenagers that have gambling addictions, so to be very aware of that. This is not just some older dude situation. We have teenagers that are addicted to gambling. The the plight of the old white man. That's right. (laughs) It's more than that. And and it's hitting college students for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, signs are that one, I mean, obviously they are, you can see that your debility, you can see the anxiousness in them that are they short of cash? Are they asking to borrow cash and then never paying it back? I mean, that could be a sign. Are they mm-hmm. talking about having a bookie or are they, do you notice that they keep going to certain websites mm-hmm. um, that are they complaining about their finances? I mean, those are those could be signs of other things too, mm-hmm. but you just start to have those discussions. And especially if there are big games and you notice that their intensity is a little bit higher than what you think it might be, you, there might be something else going on there. But what are your thoughts of some things that, that maybe people could pick up on? Yeah, I think there's two big areas really that we want to look at. Um, area number one is... Uh, are you trying to stop and cannot, you know, I think that's, that's the biggest sign of an addiction is saying like dry January, like I'm going to go do dry January. I'm not going to drink for the month of January. And then by January 10th, you're like passed out in the front yard, you know, uh, like that's, that's not, that's, that's a clear indicator. It's a clear sign. Uh, so I think gambling addiction is kind of the same. If you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go on this vacation. We're going to be, let's say, in Monte Carlo and there's a casino. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to do that. And then you end up going, you know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a pretty clear indicator. Uh, another one, though, I think is, is trying to hide the habit. Um, and this we see a lot as well with other forms of addiction, especially alcohol or drugs, that people try to cover it up. They try to hide it. You know, I think drugs are so obvious because it's an illegal substance. So it's like, why are you doing this? But you can also be addicted to, you know, prescribed medication, you know, definitely opioids. That's a big one. Right. Uh, And then, of course, you know, alcohol is legal um, as long as you're 21 uh, or 18 if you're in the military. Uh, And, um, you know, and and it's just if you're if you're hiding it, you know, if you're hiding how much you consume uh, every day or, you know, a great example is a friend of mine uh, who's in recovery now. He, uh, he used to go to different liquor stores like strategically. So, so that, you know, cause he was always worried that the people that worked at the liquor store would like catch on. They'd be like, Oh man, you're here a lot, you know? Uh, which, which made me feel good because I go to the same liquor store. So, <laughs> so I just go to one. 
Uh, so I'm happy with that. But, you know, he, he was going to like to like a bunch of different ones and trying to hide it. So I think that's a, those are two big points as well. You're hiding the behavior. You're trying to stop and you can't. Um, you know, and then the other one, I think that like the like the third one, the the, the third one is, is are you taking unnecessary financial risks? You know, are you betting on something uh, that's going to put you into debt? You know, that you can't pay, you know, uh, when I, cause I, I do enjoy some, some horse racing, uh, and, uh, some roulette, some kind of my jams. Uh, so I love to go to the roulette table for a few hours. I love going to the horse track for the Saturday, you know, or Sunday, right? It's a lot of fun, I think. Um, especially on dollar hot dog days, uh, where really most of the betting is how many hot dogs can you eat? I think that's, that's the real gamble right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but but I, you know, I have one cardinal rule as very basic rule. I, I set aside an amount of cash, uh, before I go, I decide on that in advance. I make sure that it is, you know, absolutely, um, um, you know, disposable income. I, I don't need it for anything else. I'll still be able to pay mortgages or whatever I need to do. Right. Uh, I'm not going to be hard up for diapers or bread, um, that's my, this is like money that I would spend on vacation or going to a movie or anything else. Right. And I'll take that, whatever that number is. And that number might, you know, might be a couple hundred bucks. It might be a couple thousand bucks, might be $10,000 and whatever it is. Right. And, and whatever I feel comfortable with and, and whatever you feel comfortable with. And then that's what I'll do. And as soon as that's gone, I'm done. You know, as soon as it's gone, I'm done. And then if I win, whatever my winnings are, I take half. Why well, I take my original money back and then I take mm-hmm. half. And I put it into any type of like, like my fun, my fun fund, you know, to just yeah. do fun stuff with where, where if I have like, I want to go buy something, uh, you know, like something I don't need, like maybe like another computer that I don't need, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or I just want to go to the Apple store and see what's, see what they have, see what I need. Cause Apple will always tell me what I need. Right. So, you know, I might just like, that's my fun money. Right. And so I have that mm-hmm. in like a separate account or a sock drawer or whatever, you know, and, and that's how I do it. Those are my rules. Uh, and if I ever find myself, you know, um, veering away from those rules, then I know to stop. Yeah. It's, and I think those are really great rules is as with anything, if you try to set a limit and you can't abide by it, and then you start to make rationalizations as to why it needs to be different, or you're trying to justify your actions in some way, or you get super defensive when someone asks you about those could be some signs that you need to step back. But it is important that before you go decide to gamble on something, just go ahead and look at that money as it's gone. It's like play, paying for a ticket to an event. You don't expect to get the money back. This is, I think it's the same philosophy with gambling is just go ahead and say whatever amount you've allocated to say, I don't expect to get this back, that I'm just freely giving this for the experience and that's it. And hey, if you happen to get some of the money back, that's great. I guess you could say it's a similar philosophy in dealing with the stock market that, you know what, if you're going into the stock market with automatic thought of like, I will get all of my money back and I'll get those 10 baggers, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you go in saying, I understand the risk, I understand that, you know, it's 
there's going to be some stuff that I just lose on and to learn to be okay with it, then go forth and proceed. But if it's going to be something devastating, and that's true with gambling or even investments, if you can't afford to lose the money, if you go, this $50 I'm going to put on the slots or blackjack or whatever, I, I really have to win, then gambling is the absolute last thing that you should do. Go take that $50 and invest it into something else. Be, be practical. 100%. Totally agree. Uh, so um, uh, if, you, if you or somebody you know is struggling with gambling addiction, uh, it's okay. There is help. Uh, you are not alone. Many other Americans struggle with this. Uh, you can go to debt.org. Um, it's got some great resources on there. Um, and I know that there's some other wonderful free resources out there. Google will be more than happy to help you. Uh, Google loves helping everybody. Thank you, Google. Uh, so, um, but I think some crazy simple solutions for this really is identify you have a problem, uh, seek out support, uh, and ask for help. It, absolutely. There's also Gamblers Anonymous. There's other uh, support group programs on out there. There are national gambling hotlines. The number is advertised in every single casino. It is on the back of every lottery card. And hopefully it is also seen somewhere on the internet apps, uh, whether that's the the online slots, the online blackjack, the whatever it is, there's a lot of gambling apps out there. Hopefully they have those numbers advertised as well. But yes, you can definitely Google it. And to emphasize, no, you're not alone. Uh, for the Super Bowl, we saw a record number of bets being placed for it. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's absolutely help. There's absolutely hope out there. It's not something you need to be ashamed of. It's just yeah, things happen, but the simple solution is please talk to someone, please get the help and to make sure it doesn't then swing into another kind of addiction. That is that is correct. Also, uh, just to point out the fact that those record breaking gambling numbers, um, you know, a lot of that had to do with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. And that's true. I'm not making that up. There was yeah. a, a, an ungodly amount of bets about when was going to be her first appearance, Super Bowl, how much total airtime she was going to get. Like, I mean, it was just it, 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 speechless. It was speechless. Yeah. Speechless. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love a good prop bet. Like, I mean, the Kentucky Derby, when that comes around, I love making all kinds of prop bets about the Kentucky Derby. But, but like, I mean, that was just next level. That was next level. So I think that had a part to do with it. I think there was a big chunk of that in there. But anyways, um, uh, that's what we have today. You, you, you know, if you, if you need some help with, with gambling addiction, you are not alone. If you need help with a Taylor Swift addiction, you're also not alone. Uh, so, you know, there we have it. Uh, and with that, uh, I am Dr. Christopher Taylor. I am Lori Van. And this is Crazy Simple. Yeah, I...